screwdriver. Make sure everything is where you want it. Reach up there and pull those belts tight one more time. Going green next time. Bye. This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast. What's going on, Scrubbing Tires Podcast fans, listeners? Back again with another, uh, excuse me, another episode, episode number 11. I am your host, Brandon Hall, joined alongside, of course, Jacob Smith, Jordan Smith of Smith Family Racing. And we will go ahead and dive into this one and I uh, will pass it off to Jordan for our shout out listener spotlight. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this person we're going to kind of talk to touch base on a little bit, uh, near and dear to, uh, my, mine and Jake's heart a little bit. Uh, we had an unfortunate incident come up, uh, last Wednesday as we were heading out of town to go to our golf tournament. As you guys know, we found out that our, uh, my mom's brother, our uncle Kenny, he had passed away. He was a, uh, crew member actually on my dad's race team for quite a bit of years when he lived here in Colorado um, until he had moved to Texas uh, about 20 something years ago, almost 30, I think. He had open heart surgery and then just had some complications from the open heart surgery. And unfortunately, he uh, left us last Wednesday. So want to give a shout out to him. He was a beloved race fan. Uh, he loved being around the race car, helping my dad out and st- up until he ended up moving. So want to give a huge shout out to him uh, as he's watching down from above. So that's our uh, that's our uh, spotlight shout out listener of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And rest in peace. They definitely don't want to ever get that news. But right. All right. Well, we'll uh, get into the uh, NASCAR weekend recap pretty briefly here as we only had two series and I will hand it to Jacob for the Xfinity race. All right. Yeah, we'll just kind of because we were talking, obviously, uh, trying to get some stuff for all the podcasts, kind of come up with new topics. So we're going to start kind of just blasting through these Xfinity truck and cup car uh, highlights. So uh, this week we were uh, the NASCAR, excuse me, and the Xfinity and cup cars were at Daytona for the last regular season race of the year. So we'll start off with the Xfinity race, the Wawa 250 <laughs> At Daytona, which I don't know if you guys looked. I, I just did before we got on here. And I was like, what the heck is Wawa? Yeah, please explain that. So it looks like to me, I'll just kind of throw this little analogy out here. If Chick-fil-A bought like Conoco and they combined the two, basically this is what you get. It's a food, like fast food, restaurant, subs, burgers, fries, salads, smoothies, ice cream, like all the stuff they even do catering oh my gosh i can't i didn't even see that they do catering and they have a gas station with then also like convenience store items like coke meat you know beer stuff like it's like literally a redneck's dream for a gas station is what they probably sell hunting licenses (laughs) Uh, you know what i wouldn't doubt it but must be an east coast thing it, I, I didn't really look into where it was i was just like what the heck is wawa so for all of you out there Soon they're going to announce there's going to be a gun range part of that <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> the, the building is pretty long, so I mean, I wouldn't doubt that they got at least an 80-yard one in the basement, <laughs> soundproofed and everything. <laughs> yeah, so... That's awesome. Yeah, that's, so that's what Wawa is. So they sponsored this race at Daytona this weekend. Pretty much, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the race at all just because we were golfing while this race was going on because Friday night, they ran about 19 laps and then... Uh, got rain delayed because of the hurricane that's in the area so they restarted saturday morning it looks like and pretty good race there's only a couple of accidents cautions mainly the couple of cautions that came out just guys trying to push each other because daytona you're drafting and stuff and just 
hit the you know hit the guy in front of you on the wrong spot of the bumper and end up turning them into the wall and you know collect a couple people along the way so but at least for the xfinity cars they didn't have the big one per se they had just a couple of small two three four car incidents but mainly a pretty good race uh so i'll just quickly go through here stage one winner was uh justin haley the 11 car uh stage two was jeb burton the 10 car and then your race finishers here at the end was pretty good actually like last like i think like four laps they were just dipping diving pushing each other but they were staying clean and nobody got in an incident and it was just some great beating and banging racing at the end i think they came to the checkered flag three wide with uh justin haley coming out on top passing aj allmendinger i think going down the back straightaway making it three wide uh so your finishers were justin haley the winner aj allmendinger in second Justin Allgaier, third, Jeb Burton, fourth, and Daniel Hemrick rounded out your top five. So good to see that mainly the race was incident-free, but they at least put on a good show and gave it a good finish. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty cool little race to watch on Saturday. So that is it for your Xfinity Series recap. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Jordan to do the cup recap. We actually got to watch this one um, after we were done with our round Saturday. We uh, turned on, got the TV working in the place we were staying at and finally got to watch it. So pretty good race overall. I thought uh, Daytona's, you know, like we touched on last week, it's always exciting. It's crazy to watch these cars. Um, that huge pile of freight train that's coming at you at 190, it seems like nowadays. I think they said before the race that they took the horsepower out of this, the package that they were doing this this race, they took some more horsepower out of them because due to the wreck that Joey Logano had and whatnot. So I was talking to Jake about it as we were watching. I was like, do they just look slower to me? I mean, they just look like they're just creeping along. But I mean, I, I don't know. But oh, anyways, get into the recap here. For the first you know, few stages, the real excitement didn't come until it was closer to the end anyways. So uh, stage one winner was uh, Chase Elliott. Second was Denny Hamlin. Kyle Busch was third. Ross Chastain was fourth. And Martin Truex Jr. was fifth. Um, then your stage two winners, or winners, like there was multiple. Uh, <laughs> stage two winner was Joey Logano. Second was Austin Dillon. Third was William Byron. Fourth was Tyler Reddick. Fifth was Kyle Larson. Then we got into the last stage and stuff started to really started to happen what was it like oh what was it there was only like a less than 20 to go and there was two big ones oh yeah um you had guys fighting for position chris busher was blocking the hell out of people and ended up getting uh pulling up and, not, and we were talking about this as well got behind the four car the four car was in the middle and instead of just pulling down below him you had the momentum and going by him he like lifts and then instantly starts chain reaction, and then, you know, there was boom. There was, like, kind of the first big one, so to speak. Wasn't a ton of cars in that one, but there was still quite a few cars that had some torn-up fenders and whatnot. Then you got down with, like, oh, what was it, four to go, something yeah, like it was, that? It was late. It was late in the race. And Chase Elliott got out front, got some help from Danny Hamlin, who was my pick. I for sure thought he was going to win that race. Got some help. And same thing. You just got guys, the, the momentum of everything. Matty back, D, yeah. Yeah, Matty D and everybody was coming up from the high side. He, he stayed high, which he should have, because the low line would gain, gain speed. But then going into the corners, it just seems like the high line was just catching everybody, and they were gaining so much momentum. Uh, the smartest thing to do if you were in the lead was just stay to the outside. Right. Uh, and then he ended up blocking, put himself, Matty D, and then boom, chain reaction, 
there was a bunch of cars that got piled up. Lots of them. Then, with one to go, <laughs> you had Blaney out front, and then you had Chris Busher and everybody else was behind him, and same thing, window driving once again. They're dipping and diving and dodging and all over the place, and then I think there was, what, a total of like four cars left once the, <laughs> yeah. the checkered flag flew it wasn't a whole lot yeah it wasn't a whole lot it's the more and more these races go along the more and more it kind of sucks to watch in a sense because there's so many torn up race cars by the end of it yeah i wouldn't want to be a team owner no hell no i wouldn't want to be a team owner and you know and the more and more that they take horsepower out of these cars and the more they take away from them the the more it's just going to create these kind of messes Right. So I don't, I don't know what NASCAR has to do. You know, you don't, you didn't see this a whole lot where there was this many pileups back in the day. You had one big one, and then that was it. And then they were ended under green flag most of the time. Back in the early two thousands and whatnot, you look at it. So I thought it was a pretty good race. It was good to see the guy who won it. I was really happy for him. Mm. Um, and a couple other guys got a chance to be up front. So two you're in a row for Blaney. Two in a row. Two in a row. Yeah, I mean, he's got some momentum going right now, going into the playoffs. So you never know what'll happen. But your top five for the uh, Daytona International race was uh, Ryan Priest coming in fifth. Fourth was Ryan Newman. Good to see him up there. Third was Bubba Wallace. Lucky. Uh, <laughs> second was Chris Buescher. And then, yeah, coming in first was uh, Ryan Blaney. I mean, well, Bubba, he just stayed out of, he just stayed out of trouble. Yeah, he did. I mean, hey, and, that's really, that's, and that's really all you have to do here. It's just you just got to bide your time and stay out of the wrecks and pray to God and – you can finish in the top five easy yep. when it comes down to it. So, I mean, that's really all he did. So hats off to him. Dude, but, I was rooting for Corey LaJoy. I thought he was going to do it. Oh, oh, I know. He was up there with late there. and then got in that, that yep. second, uh, yeah, the second, second last, to last race or, uh, incident. Yeah, which then took out my pick, uh, Brad K. He was kind of went a lap down early and then got his lap back and was getting back up there. And it was like, yes, yes. Yep. Shoot. Yep. Dang it. Yeah, and well, and then uh, Tyler Reddick too. I mean, he finished six, and he had a caved-in nose. Yeah, with he had no oil cooler left in the car. Yeah, oh it yeah, was the oil toast. cooler was gone. But that's what you do to get in playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so there's your highlight from the Cup Series. Uh, pretty interesting race. Definitely be interesting now that the playoffs are starting. I think it's this year. It just seems like it's anybody's crapshoot to be honest with you. I think there's so many talented drivers and there's so many guys winning races this year that it's going to be an, it's going to be a hell of a turn come the last, what, 10 races here. Yep. So and then they got Talladega in the round of eight. So, yep. yep. <laughs> and that's, and that's always a wild one. Oh yeah. That last Talladega race. I have, I have uh, enough to get into the round of four without going to Talladega. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'll just stick around the back and just, I'll just start and park it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I, I thought it was a pretty interesting choice of a race to have as the, your final one, Daytona. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm still kind of on the fence about that one. Yeah. I, I don't, eh, I, I still think it needs to be in July. Well, but And then they picked the race to be in the middle of hurricane season. So it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> You're trying to get away from the schedule being at tracks where it rains yeah, there. So many rainouts this year. Yeah, yeah, and then you took a track that had no rainouts during the July Fourth weekend yeah, exactly. and put it during hurricane season. And oh, what and just happened in February? They had a rainout for a whole day there. I'm like, yeah, 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 exactly. So I guess now we will. Uh, we're going to make our picks for next weekend. Just a round one for the uh, Cup Series, and we got Darlington. Yes. Coming up next.
that's one of my favorite tracks. That place is just sweet. So I'm going to lean on to you guys and see who you guys are going to pick for this uh, upcoming week. Brandon, who you got? Yeah, and like you said, we're uh, unfortunately nobody owes anybody any beer because none of a. I think we all three had a shot there to uh, yes. everybody to. But I think so. And then Maddie D wrecked my damn driver. I'm like, dude, come on, take <laughs> me to win. And she, but anyway, um. So, anyways, yeah, like you said, Darlington. It's uh, kind of one of those things that Toyota kind of dominates the majority of the races that we've seen. Obviously, Kevin Harvick has won there in the in the last couple of years, but he ain't worth putting a penny on this year. So. I am actually going to go with my favorite driver, Chase Elliott. He almost won here in the spring um, of last year, 2020. If you remember right, I think they raced twice in the same week there due to COVID. Yep. And and then uh, Kyle Busch spun him on the front stretch and made him infamous for uh, giving him the bird, the number one sign after he got out of the car. (laughs) And then in uh, in the fall race, uh, fast forward, or I guess it would have been um, – yeah, I, no, it wasn't in the week. I, I'm pretty sure they raced spring and fall. Either way, uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott were uh, battling up front first and second and got into each other and basically ended both of their days. So Joe Gibbs Racing and Chase Elliott, historically not good uh, juju, if you will. But uh, I'm going to go with Chase. He's had a fast car there the last couple of years, last couple of races, four top tens there for Chase in his career. And I just think he gets it done this weekend. So that's my pick, and I'll give it to Jacob. All right. I, uh, I contemplated this one pretty hard because you got to always kind of consider the data and the stats and how you finished here. I love HMS drivers. I definitely would love to have Chase or Kyle Larson win this race or I mean any HMS driver really. But uh, you kind of got to go back to who's ran good here, who does good here, who wins here. And like you said, Brandon, you know, Kevin Harvick, he's been up there. He won last year. I think he's won another one uh, years back and, but always seems to run up front, but you know, this year it just isn't Kevin Harvick's year, but I'm going to, I don't like doing this. I don't, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of this guy, but you know, I'm, I'm going for free beer here. <laughs> so I got to try and put out the cards here. So I'm going to go ahead with pick Danny Hamlin. Uh, he runs good here. Like you said, he won here last year and he always seems to be up front at this track. So don't like him. But just win me some beer this weekend, Danny Hamlin, please. I'm going with the Danny Hamlin. Well, uh, I'm I'm with you. I kind of thought about this one long and hard a little bit, trying to figure out who would be a good pick because I'm getting parched over here, boys. (laughs) So I'm going to go with a guy that he's won some races this year, always seems to perform at this specific racetrack, and he absolutely dominated earlier this year. So I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr., I got to go with our old homeboy from Furniture Row Racing, which oh reminds me. I, I'm going to have to, t- on the podcast, tell you about my Pete Rondo experience. You remember Pete, Pete Rondo? Do you know who Pete Rondo is? I don't. So he was the chief engineer over at Furniture Row Racing, and he oh, was wow. also Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s crew chief back in the day. Wow. So we'll save that for next episode i will tell you guys the story of how i got to meet and be at pete rondo's house and i already know that story well i know you guys know it but i'm talking or you know it jake but he doesn't know the story (laughs) and our listeners definitely know that story so anyways yeah podcast to hell with the story right i think i still have his phone number actually it's in my phone hit him up hit him up (laughs) so yeah i'll i'll touch base on that one sometime soon but anyways yeah i'm gonna go with martin tricks jr i think that he's he's due for one, and this is a racetrack suits his style perfectly. He always performs well here, 
And from what they did earlier in the season to now, I mean, I don't see much of a hiccup because like you said, the Toyotas always seem to dominate here and Joe Gibbs racing always does well here. And this is something that I think that where he's going to have kind of a kickoff and then he gets the win, boom, goes into the next round. So that's my choice. Martin Truex Jr. All right. So we got a little uh, Joe Gibbs versus Hendrick. I like it. See what happens. Do you have freight you need moved? Do you own a trucking company and want to join a premier partner? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then go check out our friends at Headwall Logistics. Headwall Logistics offers contract freight, flatbed and hotshot trucking, expedited services, and so much more. Dave and Steve Peak are your guys in the logistics business and will take care of you by treating you like family, not just a customer. Contact them today by calling 719-789-1379. Again, that's 719-789-1379 and tell them the Scrub and Tires podcast sent you. All right, so this is the new segment that if you guys follow our Facebook page, the Scrub and Tires podcast on Facebook, you saw that we posted that uh, this morning, actually. Before we get into that one, actually, it's a new segment other than the Gimme Some Lovin'. And we're going to call this one Green Flag, Black Flag. So uh, we'll lead it off with Jacob and uh, kind of give you the rundown of how this kind of works. I, uh, I kind of like that whole introduction, Green Flag, Black Flag. Like, yeah. kind of like, I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> like Dang it, who there. put the question mark on there? <laughs> you know, he reads straight from the teleprompter. Yeah, I, need a, I need a teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, yeah, this one, uh, I think I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one to kind of, we want to bring in a top, you know, some segments that, you know, they're topics where we, we say something and then we kind of get the opinions of, of Brandon, Jordan, myself on those specific topics. So similar to a couple of things that uh, a couple of NASCAR shows and a couple other NASCAR podcasts do, we're going to uh, pick a topic, something revolved, involved in racing, whatever it may be, and kind of make it, do you agree or not agree segment? which we then call green flag or black flag. So kind of excited about this one. So I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and start off our new segments. Um, my topic, I, I wanted to go kind of more of a local topic here because uh, I think it's interesting. Also get our fans involved on what they think about the topics as well. So one of the rules at Car National Speedway, and I, I do believe it's for all series except for the Bandoleros, trains and the demo x cars when you finish in the top five of whatever class you are in the officials will you know all the top five have to go to tech obviously make sure everything looks good but they also impound your tires which you know we'll get to in a second with your guys' opinions but the thing is is that if you are in the top five for three races in a row, you still have to use those same tires up to three races. After the third race of being in the top five and having your tires impounded, you then can go to a new set because these tires, that's pretty much as long as they'll go is about three full days of racing. So equivalent to about 100 to 120 laps pushing it. So my topic here, I want to hear what you guys' thoughts. Do you agree with this rule? Or do you not agree with this rule? So I'm going to say green flag. And my reasoning is because, you know, you have so many guys that are just going paycheck to paycheck and just wanting to run race cars. 
that's just their love, their passion. They've been doing it for God knows how long. They probably watched their dad or their grandfather's race and they want to do it. Just like our team. We we're not made of money. We all work a nine to five job and tires are expensive. Like they are really expensive. And a lot of guys in order to compete against, I'm just going to, I'm not going to throw names out there, but there's quite a few guys out there that have some money and they have some backing, some sponsorships and everything else. And they could afford to buy brand new tires every weekend if they were allowed to. And it's hard for these guys like us or anybody else that's just getting into racing to have to buy tires every single week. So, and, and just, and that just be just in order to compete, you know? So if you're having to put new tires on every single weekend, I think it it's, it becomes a problem for one, because guys are just going to be running on older tires no matter what. And <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to be no way they're going to be able to stay up front. So it kind of evens the field a little bit. So I understand that if you finish in the top five, you got to impound your tires. And for somebody like us, who's outside the top five, we can go buy brand new tires and then hopefully we make some adjustments and it can put us in the top five. So I, I like the rule, to be honest with you. I agree with it. I'm going to go green flag on it. And I, yeah, I, three races, I think is, is, is about right. Could be two, but I think three, three is about right. Anything more than three, obviously you're flirting with danger there. Cause you could blow one and then you're ruining an entire race car. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, what's your opinion? Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said from a financial aspect of it, because I mean, I don't know what the, the cost of a tire for Jake's Grand American modified, but for a legend car, for instance, they're $120 per tire. And I'm sure it's even more for, you know, cause the bigger cars and stuff like that, but I'm going to say black flag on this one. And the reason I say that you kind of alluded it to there in the last bit of your, your opinion there is because that three race rule, I think, that's just a little too much in my opinion. I get the idea of cutting costs down and trying to keep the uh, racing more together and not people coming out there and put sticker tires on week out, week out. But I just think three is a little much. I would say maybe like you said, one or two, I get the idea. I think it's good, but I think it's just that three races. That's a, a long time. Cause uh, and here's an example. So let's say, you're, you have a fast car and you start out on sticker tires and you get in an incident, say, maybe even in the in the dash or the the feature itself and you spin out, maybe put some flat spots on it or, you know, overheat them, cook them a little bit. And then you things happen and you end up finishing top five. Well, now you have to come back next week at least at the very minimum and run on those same tires that have flat spots, maybe mm -hmm. cook, cooked them a little more something like that. So, I mean, I think, yes, the, the, the foundation of this rule is good. They just maybe need to tweak it a little more. And like I said, if, if you get in a wreck or something or not a wreck, cause nine times out of 10, if you get in a wreck, you're probably not going to finish top five, but <laughs> yeah, if you spin out or something like that and you still end up top five, maybe you could appeal it or have that option to say, Hey, I spun out whatever can i and maybe even two tires not all four who knows but yeah. i yeah and maybe you know and i won't get into the whole thing but i think black flag for me three races is too long so that's that's a pretty good compromise if you think about it if you you're only allowed to take two tires yeah that that would be okay after two races you can buy two tires and then after the third one then you're toast but then then you get into the whole thing well then i got two used tires and these are only <laughs> right sides and all that stuff but uh, yeah but anyways yeah, yeah good good topic 
Yeah, and, and especially with this last year with, with COVID kind of putting production everywhere oh, in yeah. America back and, and just getting tires in general is hard to come by nowadays. And, you know, this, this rule kind of this year, especially with not having so many tires that we can buy, kind of is like, well, I'm semi-glad I finished top five and have to impound these tires. That way, who knows if I'll even get tires for the next race. But like you said, Brandon, too, I'm not sure how technically long the legend cars tires last but at least for the gams you know i i've heard uh second race you know first race they're really good second race they're almost even better but then after the second race they kind of start falling off but some guys they they make it work and they just got fast cars and know how to save their tires till late but indifferent about this one i'm, I'm more of a black flag guy on this one just because uh i'd like to see it be more of that two lap or two race uh max so uh well cool well, thanks guys um well i'm gonna go ahead and pass what looks like to jord here okay yeah so my topic this is an interesting one this is this is definitely geared more towards local but in but it's racing in general this one came up because of an incident that had happened in the race this last weekend at cns apparently and we'll obviously we're going to touch a little bit on this uh, later when we do the race recap, but there was an incident at the very last lap. The guy who was leading got, I don't know if he got pushed out of the way, got bumped out of the way, something, he didn't get wrecked, but he got moved out of the way for the second place guy to take over and win the race. So kind of, there was some social media discussion going on about the move itself. And so my topic is green flag or black flag. Do you agree that moving a guy out of the way on the last lap to win the race is ethical or not. Brandon, I'm going to start with you. Uh, yeah. And like I uh, shout out Ian Clark for doing the videos and stuff. I, I just didn't see that particular uh, lap or event that you're speaking to of the, uh, the race on Saturday, but in general speaking, uh, green flag, I mean, that is racing. And if you're, up front with a few laps left or the last lap or any lap for that matter. I mean, in those situations where the pressure's on and like that, there's $5,000 on the line. I mean, you should expect that kind of move from anyone, not just mm -hmm. a particular driver or anything. But yeah, it's as long as you're not wrecking them, there's a fine line in permanent ink between wrecking and moving someone. I think absolutely. And if I was Joe Blow leading the race with one lap to go, and I had someone behind me that close, I would expect it. You would be doing more rear view driving mirror than looking out your windshield. So, I mean, like a good example, like George, we talked about this before, like when we were racing carts, like I knew it was coming with you or, Jake or, <laughs> or whoever. It's just, if you're up there and you have one lap to go, it's you, you know, it's coming. You just don't know when, and you timed it very perfectly race after race, getting into three halfway through three into four. And it just worked out. I mean, it was just part of it. So I say green flag. And if you don't like that, then maybe you shouldn't be in racing or maybe you should yeah. find another hobby or something because rubbing is racing. I know it's a metaphor. I know it's beaten like a dead horse, but as long as they didn't wreck you and push you up in the, in the, the outside wall and whatever, or just dump you completely. However, your car ends up, turned around upside down whatever as long as you're not doing that 100 percent. that's what the bumper's for so i say green flag give them hell raise hell praise dale you <laughs> <laughs> shaded that last one. <laughs> jake what's your thoughts you know I, i'm a, i'm a green flag on this one too because uh, kind of like you were just saying brandon 
you're you're going for the money. Like you, it's the last lap. You're right there. It's you or him. And you know, we like you said, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started this. There's a fine line of it where Dale Earnhardt to Terry Labonte just completely dumps him, spins him out, literally wrecks his car. Yeah. But then there's that fine line of like, I, I, there's so many races that you could probably pinpoint in NASCAR where a guy just comes up, gives you the bumper and, you know, takes off and wins the race. But that's what it is. It's like, you're obviously right there. You're either just as fast or maybe faster. And last corner, last lap going for $5,000 to win. Sorry, I'm going for it. And as the leader, not only should you expect it, but what would you do in that same position if you were Biden for 5000 You know, you're a team that, man, $5,000 could go to a really long way right now. What are you going to do to try and make sure you come out on top? Would you do it? Would you not do it? Maybe some guys have that opinion of, no, I would do that. I'm a clean racer. Well, I'll call him a liar. Yeah, I'm going to call him a liar, too, because Rubin is racing. You put a little bit of a bumper to him, get him out a little squirrely, and you go right by. And there's nothing wrong with that. That that's just racing. Like I said, that's why we got bumpers. As long as you don't spin the guy out, goes flipping into the stands, you know, and that knock on wood, that it never happened. But in an essence, don't want to spin a guy out and wreck him. But hey, it, this is what this sport's about. You you beat and bang a little bit. I mean, I'll ask the people out there that maybe are on the side of, oh, that's unethical, blah, blah, blah. Go watch a modified or late model dirt track race. Mm -hmm. And especially if it's $25,000 on the line and you got three guys battling two laps to go, please tell me what's ethical about how they race. Because oh, there's, there's not a fender straight. There's no. not a fender straight. I bet you there's going to be some fighting after the race, yeah. but you know what? <laughs> that's expected. That's what's going to happen. And racers, that's just what we do. We, we're going to go for that 20, go for broke. That old saying, go for broke. And twenty five thousand dollars, five thousand dollars on the line, you're gonna go for it. So you know, I'm I, I'm a green flag on this one. I think that was a great topic. You know, a lot of people probably will disagree with us, but like I said, go watch a dirt race and go ask one of those drivers if that's ethical or not, and they'll just say, "Did you not just watch me do it out there? What do you think? I what my ethics on it? Oh, well, there you go. Well, and the reason why I brought that up is because. You know, I watched the post race of the legends, uh, the legends finale and Chris Eggleston got on there and said, he, he's like, I think I owe Danny Medina. So that's what ended up happening. Danny Medina, uh, a couple of dollars from the purse. And I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I, and they showed the car. So there, it didn't look like there was anything wrong with the car. Again, we didn't watch this race. It's just, I'm just going off of what I had read and saw in some of the other posts that Ian Clark had and everything like that, what I saw, I just thought it was really interesting. It's like, well, of course, dude, I mean, you're racing, you're, you, you play to win the game. That old saying from the NFL, I forget what coach that was. You play Playoffs. to win the game. Playoffs. Yeah. You, you play to win the game. That's what you're there for. You're there to win the race. You're not there to be best friends. Like yeah. We've all been friends at the racetrack, and, and we've made some really good friends at the racetrack. But when you're racing, there's no friends. Like You, you look at somebody like Dale Earnhardt. He'd do it to his own kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't care. And, and you look at uh, the great example was the and I was thinking about this as you were talking about it, Jake. You look at when Joey Logano moved Martin Truex Jr. out of the out of the way at Martinsville a couple years yes. back. Mm -hmm. Remember? And they were beating doors coming down to the uh coming down to the checkered flag. 
or even the one at Darlington. Remember the one at Darlington with Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It, it becomes iconic and memorable. Those, those instances of when those type of situations happen come down to the last turn of the last part of the race. You're coming to the checkered flag. Guy moves the guy out of the way. You're banging doors coming across the finish line. That's what people pay to see. Yeah. That's what they pay to see, and that's that's racing to me. So that's a 100% green flag. Yeah, I thought I, I kind of – I don't know if anybody saw my post. I got into it a little bit with a gentleman that was commenting and whatnot, but I to me it's just – comments were very valid and fair. No, they well, yeah, I, I didn't like – I didn't berate him or anything like that, but it's just like that's scrubbing tires podcast. (laughs) I should have gave a shout out to his hashtag. You need to listen to this episode now, bro. Um, No, it's just, that's just racing to me. That's just what always racing has been about. That's, that's why you're there. There, Yes. You're going to do, you're going to have situations where you, you want to run guys clean, you you know, on the third lap, of course, you're not going to be pushing some guy up the track using your bumper on the third lap. But when it comes down to the, it's a white flag, you're going into turn three. You're sure shit right. You're going to be using yeah. that bumper to move somebody out of the way. So, uh, yeah. So good, good job. I, I appreciate the, uh, the answers you guys had. I figured you guys would be green flag on that one, but <laughs> you never know. So, well, hey, by the way, that was Herm Edwards. Herm you Edwards. Play to win the you game. There you go. I can, I can see him <laughs> saying it now. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> cool. I'll uh, get into mine here. So uh, as I'm sure a lot of listeners and race fans across the country heard the news about Kurt Busch and go to 2311, that whole thing. But I'm going to stick on the topic of NASCAR officially announcing that the numbers on the doors are on the next gen car for next year and however long they have this car will be moved forward. So they Kurt Busch did a whole vlog video thing on the announcing that he was going to 2311 cool car i like the number i had no idea that michael jordan was 45 at some point in his career but I, that backstory, yeah mm-hmm. the backstory there was that pretty was his cool. baseball number too there you go okay yeah so i had no idea i was like eh, 23 times 2 is kind of 45 if you add another <laughs> half but <laughs> or subtract half i guess but uh anyways um yeah so mine is green flag or black flag NASCAR moving the numbers forward, and I'll start with you, Jordan. Uh, black flag. After I was kind of on the fence about this, you know, because we touched this on this uh, in a previous podcast, but after seeing it and seeing how they utilized the space on the door for his specific car, oh god, that was ugly. Yeah. Oh my god, was that ugly? Like there, it was such a waste of space. It's like why did why did you guys move the number then? That you were, yeah. you're, the whole point of it was to give room for the sponsor, and the sponsor just put a, a little bit bigger of an M for Monster Energy on the door. <laughs> and then there's like a huge, giant black space, and then the number. You're like, oh wow. my God, this was, that, was, that was pointless in my eyes. Like If they did it, if they could do it correctly, I was okay with it. But now after seeing it, I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't like it. I think if anything, they should have moved it back like they did in the All-Star game. I think that was a better approach overall uh but yeah moving it forward it looks uglier than hell it looks like the car is running backwards yeah it's something it does so uh yeah that's my opinion total black flag jake yeah i'm I'm looking at it now and uh god that is like you just said god awful so i think you can kind of go where you can kind of pick up where i'm putting this down is i'm black flag on this one for sure (laughs) but 
just kind of randomly thinking about this, your favorite guy, uh, Brandon Chase Elliott, the nine car and the Hooters sponsorship, that actually leaves up a little bit more of some space to actually put a little Hooters girl on the car. So hey, I'm in for that. I'm kind of in there for that one too. So maybe I'll go like yellow flag. Like, <laughs> let's, let's pump the brakes, slow yeah. down, but let's like reinvent the wheel here and go back to maybe something here. I don't know. I mean, I agree. Like I feel like <laughs> some cars will look better than not, but yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But this one, yeah, I, I I'm black flag on this one all the way. Cause then just kind of looking at this car, like, where, where are you going to put your secondary sponsors on the car? Like, are you going to put it in that empty black space right before or blank space right before the rear tire? You know, that would just look like a jumbled mess. And then you wouldn't see the main sponsor. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like we said in the uh, segment a couple weeks ago, if it ain't broke, don't fix it and leave it the way it was. It's classic. You could still do a lot with the current look of the car. Like you said, Jordan, just kind of you just look at it and just looks goofy. Like, what the heck is this thing? It's that's not a NASCAR cup car. Like, what am I looking at here? So, yeah, yeah, it, it, somebody's trying to reinvent the wheel here and made a square instead of a circle. So, uh, yeah, God, that's awful. But that's, and that's my take. And they're not doing it to the Xfinity cars or the trucks cars. So, so it's, it's just like the cup cars. it's just the cup cars. So why would you screw with them? Why don't you try it out with one of the other cars first and see if like what the reaction is before you start going and screwing with the cup cars? Like I said, somebody's reinventing the wheel and made a square. I want that guy's job. Yeah, they better watch out. SRX series might get more viewership next year. Yeah, exactly. They already gained what two, two, three fans here. So exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but black flag for me too. And I, we've touched on it on in other episodes, but. I just think in a prime example of this example or this that what I'm thinking of here is uh, JTG JTG Doherty racing with uh, Ryan Priest and uh, Ricky Reckhouse. I mean, Stenhouse, they yep. <laughs> they have like Kroger and NOS Energy Drink, but that's basically it for their sponsors. And if you look at those cars, they have a ton of smaller decals on the rack yep. or whatever they're doing because they have to have 20 little sponsors to equate to uh, a Hooters or uh, yep. M&Ms or something like that. So I think those cars are just going to look like the numbers far forward, right up next to the the front fender. And then you have a, a thousand contingency sponsors. It looks like, like uh, what's that? Uh, Chick Hicks on cars, the green. Yeah. One. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. That. Yep. That's pretty much what it is. I was just, actually, it's funny you say that. Cause I was just looking that up, Brendan, while you're talking about that. And just this one picture of Ryan Priest. Uh, it was a thank you to our sponsors. I think they counted 42 yeah. sponsors on this thing, like <laughs> Tide, Suave. Yeah, if uh, you look at the deck lid on that thing, it's covered in them. And yeah. I, I'm not hating on them. I, I get it. The sponsorship struggle is real, but I'm just saying I it's just black flag general. It's, it's yeah. a dumb idea. It's going to yeah. be just a jumbled mess all over the place. And, and I then, thought, sorry, I thought that, that they were going to move the numbers back like they did for the All-Star race uh, last year at Bristol. I, I like that better because it kind of looks like a dirt late model type of thing. Right, mm-hmm. right. But forward, it's just like, I don't it know. It just don't make no it, sense. Yeah. It really doesn't make no sense. So, shout out NASCAR. Keep it up. Yeah. yeah. Keep taking you, steps backwards. I thought you outlawed marijuana in your uh, <laughs> company here. Well, it's funny too because I got on, uh, I think it was Instagram, Facebook, when they posted that about Kurt Busch, I did thumbs down. I said, that's dumb. And I said, you're – you're taking away the diehard NASCAR fans that you have left by doing these dumb changes because mm-hmm. you don't listen to what us, the fans who admit it or not, 
pay your way. The tickets, the merchandise, the yeah. viewership on NBC mm -hmm. and Fox, all these things, we at the end of the day make or break you and you clearly are not listening to a damn thing we say. So I'm going to yeah, stop yeah. right there before we get into something else. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to uh, get into our next segment here. And this segment is called the Give me some loving. I was hoping you were going to do that. Was, give me yeah. some loving. I think give me some loving. Give me some loving. <laughs> give me, give me some loving. And if they uh, don't, if you don't know what that's that, from, then we you can't listen oh, to the podcast. Oh man, I hope everybody that's listening knows exactly the reference for that song. There's <laughs> going to be some sort of Gen Z millennial in there, be like, what? What is that? <laughs> well, I'll stay under and then <laughs> please be eighteen. <laughs> 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 oh god that's funny all right so this is our listener q a review readout um from our our little post that we put out this morning uh we want to get some engagement from you the fans so we're going to uh do some readouts from comments questions that you guys have we're going to give our answers to them if you guys have any questions or if you guys just have statements we're going to pick some comments of some some kind words or whatever. Just this is basically your guys' segment. So as we go through from here on out, by all means, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on our uh, our Google form that we put out. Leave a comment, leave a question for us, and we're going to kind of touch on those things here. Even if it's bad, we want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. However, you guys, this is your turn to be your, let your voice be heard. So we're here to basically speak for you during this segment. So. Right now, we're going to go through. We have our uh, we have three. Well, each one of us is going to read through uh, either a comment or a question that we received from you, the fans. And we're going to go ahead and touch on those now. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to Jake, and he's going to read the first one. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this one, too. So uh, props to you, Brandon, for coming out with this uh, idea. This is great. Um, what but they pay me for. Exactly, right? <laughs> uh, I'll get you that... Uh, beer here once you come over on Wednesday. <laughs> but on top of everybody uh, going out to this segment and leaving, you know, a question, comment, whatever you want to put on there, please put your name, possibly where you're from too, so we can not only shout out to you, but obviously know who sent this to us. So definitely please uh, leave your name and where you live in the uh, comment, question, whatever it may be. Uh, so this first one I'm about to read, we don't know exactly who wrote this, but this is a great question that we are going to uh, talk about. So the comment topic is, uh, I've heard that racing is like a full-time job. There's so much that goes into it. It's amazing. Does that make stuff like relationships, other things outside of racing hard to focus on? How do you balance the love and art of racing with everything else? So whoever that was, thank you for that. That's a great question to ha uh, ask. Might get us in trouble. And might get us in trouble, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll be honest here and, and kind of give my uh, take and my views on this one. It's hard to balance that old saying, work-life balance. Well, it's kind of like work-life race car balance. So <laughs> racing, it's one not so much on the track. It's what you do at the garage. It's what you do at home to prepare the car to be its best on Saturday or Sunday, whenever you may race. So you got to put a lot of time into it. Even if you think, oh, the car was running good, we're not going to do much. Uh-uh. You go through everything on that car, make sure every nut, bolt, screw, anything on that car is tight. Fluids are filled. They're good. Oil's changed. Everything's looking good. It's it's a full-time job that you just can't show up Saturday, put some tires on it, and go out and think you're going to run good because you're not. And it's it's hard to focus on certain things. Uh, my wife and I, she loves the death out of me, and I love the death out of her, and she was very excited and happy for me to start racing, but she also kind of knew that, well, shoot, 
well, we're only going to have about six weeks maybe uh, during the summer where maybe we'd be able to go out and do things, go on vacation. You know, her in-laws have a cabin, so we love going out there. Uh, up near Frazier. So it kind of makes it hard to schedule things. So definitely work life, you know, racing work life balance is hard to uh, focus on, but you just gotta, in the little experience I've had so far, you just gotta set things ahead of time. So like when schedules come out for the racing and you know what weekends you're gonna race, you just gotta get with whoever you're with, your family, your friends, your wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever it may be, and just kind of set schedules and you know we're racing this weekend we can go to the cabin this weekend we'll be racing on this weekend then we have three weeks off let's go do whatever we want work on the house whatever it may be so just be organized and and set a schedule and just kind of set that time that you know okay i'm going to work on the car monday tuesday wednesday let's just actually say like wednesday thursday friday because especially coming up to the week of a race you want to make sure you put enough time in the garage leading up to that race just to double check everything but like maybe monday tuesday like we do with the podcast you know we're going to do podcast tonight and then tomorrow i got nothing so let's go do something tuesday night or you know go on a date night stuff like that so you just got to find where you can make those times for uh, other people, other adventures you're doing, hobbies, and just kind of balance it that way. But with a good focus on what your true love passion is, is racing, build it around that. You don't want to obviously make racing your whole life, but people do make it their whole life. And that's what they love doing. And it's nice to have people that love you and help support you in that aspect so that they are also understanding that your time is going to be on that we're going to get our time when we do have it. And we're going to focus on that, not talk about racing, do anything like that. You just got to balance that time by setting it. And then that's your only focus is what you're doing at that moment. So that was my take on that. Do you, uh, do you guys have anything on that one? Um, I mean, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's, it's definitely a, a it's a balance. I know that for me, uh, I'm, I'm very much a person that likes to be busy. I like to do a lot of different things. I, I like to be a jack of all trades, so to speak. I play guitar. I sing. Uh, I love to play golf. I love hunting. I love fishing. I love camping. I love racing. So it's doing all these different things and trying to find time to be able to do all this stuff. It, it's extremely hard. And, and then obviously you have a relationship. And then uh, unlike you two, I got three kids to worry about. So I have... I have twin girls myself and then my girlfriend, she has a son and they're all the same age. They're all seven. Well, going on eight here in a couple months. So uh, trying to find that happy medium of being able to go to the racetrack, go to the shop, help you guys out, help get the car prepared and ready to go while making sure that everything at home is a-okay. It's definitely a, it's a challenge. Yeah. Like you said, it's definitely a challenge, but you, like you said, you gotta, you gotta set aside those times and be like, here's here's the weekends that we have. Let's plan. Let's do. Let's go do things um, as a family. Or we're gonna set aside this weekend. We're gonna do yard work. We're gonna fix the fence. We're gonna do whatever. So yeah, there's definitely that. It's hard, but uh, great support system. Everybody's on board. They all they they love you, or they don't. So there's definitely those people out there. You know, you think about like Dale Earnhardt. He wanted to race so bad, his wife left him. <laughs> yep. Two of them. You know, two of them. <laughs> two of them. So 
you know, I, luckily for all of us, we have uh, significant others that support us and that care about us and, and like coming out to the races. And you have kids that love to come out to the races and watch you perform and watch us help you out and whatnot. So, yeah. So I, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, but that's, that's just my little take on it. Yeah, I agree. And I won't keep on here, but if you in racing or much like anything in life, if you don't have a support system or people to help you, whether that's physically turning wrenches, doing all the things that we do in the Smith family garage, uh, it's going to be, I won't say it's impossible, but it'd be very hard for you. So yeah, it's, uh, you got to have support supporting cast around you. And exactly. that start, starts with your significant other, obviously, because if they are like, if you buy a race car, then we're done. Obviously you should probably make the wise decision to not buy a race car. But yeah, I mean, that's just how it is. And that balances and it's it's become i'll admit um to whoever wrote this question it's been you know with me just buying a race car and starting out and going through everything i mean my mind is in a thousand different places and you know my clan can attest to that i'm always thinking about something with the race car and you know as you should be it's a very exciting time and so forth but sometimes i let it get the best of me and i'm that's all i'm thinking about or all i'm talking about so i've i've had to throttle back a little bit recently and and you know because you you can't let it consume you even though it's hard not to but yeah you gotta you gotta find that balance and like jake said set dates hey we're not doing race car tonight or we're not going to the track this weekend or we're not podcasting so you every moment that you have away from the car you got to make the most of it and, and and spend time with those who are supporting you behind the scenes so although i did see something really funny on facebook the other day and it kind of it, it touches on complete opposite of what we're talking about but uh there was a it was a video of a guy and he was walking up to his apartment door and his and his golf clubs were sitting outside and on the note was from his girlfriend it says uh sorry jim this just isn't working out. And it, the note was attached to his driver and he looks at the note and he's kind of thinking to himself. And then the next thing you know, he's out on the golf course and he's hitting shots and he's like, Nope, works pretty good to me. That's A little bit, a little bit of humor there, but I thought it was hilarious. So, uh, um, all right. So our, our second one, I'll go ahead and uh, read this off. So this isn't a question from one of our fans, but he was kind enough also to leave his name and where he was from. So it's a shout out to all of us, uh, Smith family and you, Brandon. Um, he said he was sorry to hear about our uncle. So he's a, he's a family friend. And he said that he wanted to know if we'll be racing this Saturday. And of course we will. And we actually heard from this person. Um, and he's going to come join us at the racetrack. He hasn't been to the Colorado National Speedway in, oh, I think it's probably over 20 years. So yeah, that's been a long time. So, yeah, so Mike Giegenbacher from Gilbert, Arizona. We are super excited to see you this upcoming weekend. Look forward to seeing you. I know uh, our dad, he was a sponsor for our dad for a lot of years. I know that he's really excited to get him out to the racetrack and, and get a chance to talk with him. Uh, he's a super great guy. Uh, we miss him. We used to do a lot of family functions and stuff with him uh, a long time ago, and he hasn't seen us since we were wee little guys. So, so he's going to be out there supporting us this upcoming weekend, so it'll be really exciting to see him. So, yeah, there's our, uh, there's our second shout-out. Yeah, yeah and, uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say real quick. Uh, one of the cheating Chuck Nick or that cheating Chuck nickname, he kind of had a helpful hand in the cheating Chuck <laughs> thing, but it really wasn't cheating because it really there was no rule of anything about this until after my dad did all this stuff. But uh, I think he alluded to it in the podcast of the cheating Chuck Smith Jr. is that uh, he used to take ice bags and put them on, you know, the motor, the radiator, fuel, everything, cool everything down because everything works better cold. And he owned a liquor store. So he had unlimited 
access ah. to ice. So he would bring about 20 bags of ice every race weekend and give them <laughs> to my dad. So that way he could keep the fuel cold, the motor cold between races and, and practice and heats and stuff. And, um, and yeah, so he, he slightly had a helpful hand in that cheat chuck, but really it wasn't a rule until after they caught him doing it and was like, Correct. can't do that. <laughs> Maybe we should start looking for ice sponsors. Yeah, All right. Exactly. <laughs> cool. So go ahead, Brandon. You got the next one. Yeah. So this last one is a kind of a mouthful here. So I'll get through it here. So uh, I'll go through the whole spiel here and then announce who it was from. So starts off out of all the tracks you have been to in person or watched on TV, who has the best on track safety crew and why? My review of the Scrubbing Tires podcast, so it's kind of a question, review, whole kind of thing, and a shout-out. So we got all three of them right in the row. So my review of the Scrubbing Tires podcast, I give it a 20 out of five stars, so we appreciate that, yeah. Uh, every episode keeps me interested, and I never get bored. I'm glad. So uh, pretty sure I have listened to every episode at least eight times now, LOL. <laughs> shout-out to Robbie and Katie at Beehive Media, Scott and Alicia Bremkamp at G&G Gearswear, and I think that's Glamour and glitz is that am yep. I okay so. and then uh shout out to all the diehard racers and fans at cns and this is from mark we man bremkamp listening from brighton colorado while trying to get over the stupid cold <laughs> well, uh, get better buddy that's definitely i know a, a few people that are actually uh down down in the dumps right now with the cold but uh, i guess i'll lead us off uh out of all the tracks with the safety crew uh i mean you can't really compare a NASCAR venue or professional to a local short track. But I mean, just, I mean, I got to go CNS here because that's where we spend most of our time. And there's never been a time where I'm like, Oh, Mark, we man made a wrong call or, Oh, Scott didn't get there quick enough. I mean, they're on top of it. And that's all you, if you're not talking about the safety crew, that's a win. Yeah. And if you are, then there was a problem. Oh, he didn't get there quick enough or, Oh, he did this or he looks like an idiot or whatever. So, I mean, I, I vote CNS and then, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my, my spiel on that. CNS has an excellent safety crew that just, and not just safety crew, everybody at the damn track is excellent, very professional. And I think it, it makes it what the track is. So shout out to you guys, uh, Mark, Scott, everybody at, at the track who do what you do because you make it what it is. And uh, appreciate it before I pass it off to the other guys here. I appreciate it. We, man, I uh, know uh, you love the podcast and we appreciate people like you who listen week in, week out. Give us this type of uh, interaction and, and feedback. And uh, yeah, shout out Robbie and Katie at Beehive. They also have a podcast. I can't remember uh, without looking it up what it's called. I meant to check that out uh, last week and I think they re-aired it. But uh, yeah, Robbie and Katie, if you don't know who they are, they're with Beehive Media. They literally broadcast a ton of iRacing events throughout the week, uh, local, uh, not local, but regional leagues like we have in the Rocky Mountain Legends Racing Association and so on. So shout out to them. Um, and yeah, so thanks, Wee Man, for that. And I'll pass it to Jake for his thoughts. Yeah. And like you just said, thanks, Wee Man, for uh, putting this out there. And man, 20 out of five stars. I like <laughs> that. All right. 11 episodes in and we're 20 out of five. All right. Yeah, I'm not good at math, but that's like 300%. Uh, actually, it's four hundred percent. Oh, damn it! I was close. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Like we said, math is in our forte. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you said, I, I haven't been to a ton of tracks, and and some of the tracks I've been to, it's been so long since I've been there, and I was a little kid with most of them. Um, I think the last time I went to a different track other than CNS, in terms of like you know small town local racing, 
was a slinger, but I think I was like 14, maybe 15 when, um, when we last went and I don't really remember any sort of accident happening to where we had to kind of see the uh, safety crew do their thing. But um, I, I do have to say, even just over the years of all the incidents I've seen at uh, CNS, the, the crew has always been on top of it. And I, I don't really think we kind of got touched on this with my dad and his segment, but he was uh, in a very bad accident when he was racing. Uh, he ended up actually flipping over top of a car barrel rolled down a back straightaway and landed door against the turn three wall right by the tower and track crew was right on it. They were right there. I think actually maybe, I don't think Scott was old enough then, but whoever was the four wheel four wheeler guy at that time. Actually, uh, I think he said that the first person that got to him was Greg Witherwax, who Greg was, Witherwax, in, that's right. was, he, was in the flag stand. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he had sprinted across the racetrack and, he hadn't even really got, got done, yeah, like like coming to a complete stop yet, and he was already running across the track. So, uh, you know, they got did their best to get him out of the car as quick as possible. He actually ended up being flight for life to, I don't remember what hospital it was. I think it was the nearest hospital they could get him to at the time. This was back in mid-90s. And uh, shoot, we were doing like 100 miles an hour down the highway just because we didn't know what hospital he was going to. So that's kind of how quickly they got things done and, and got him out of there to get him to the hospital. So I will have to say, yeah, shoot, big shout out to uh, the track safety crew at CNS, even just some of the incidents over the last couple of years. They've done a tremendous job. I will have to kind of maybe flip this, throw it a different way. I can tell you, I don't really want to dog them that bad, but I could tell you who's not the best at safety crew <laughs> and why the IMI road course track and, and George kind of maybe knows where I'm going with this. Yeah. Uh, when we were real little first started out at go-karts, George actually ended up getting hit from another uh, driver actually coming to the start finish line. And if anybody's ever driven at IMI's road course, you know, they have this little S thing, and then it comes to the curve of the front straight. And we were coming out of the little S, come to the checkered flag, and just the guy in front of us kind of got out, got a little loose and just darted right across the track, collected Jordan. They ended up flipping. Well, the, the kid that actually started the whole thing, he ended up flying out. And when I mean flying, blew out of his cart. Like it was just like a, a catapult threw him out of the car and or the cart and landed on his chest and he couldn't hardly breathe well we didn't have any sort of medical crew on hand at the time so it took 45 minutes to get an ambulance to the track and that whole time like you can't move them you can't do anything we've had to stop racing completely mm. and and it was just it was altogether bad so i think that's now why they have to have I mean, any track should have any sort of EMT or safety crew like that at the race, no matter what. But it was like after that, they were like, okay, we're not doing any sort of racing unless we know that the track has EMT some sort there. So like I said, I didn't want to bash them, but at that time, they didn't really have the best safety track crew. So CNS, you guys are, you guys are my crew. Yeah, I'm. I think this is sort of a trick question, to be honest with you. I think he's trying to get his brother in I trouble. Think, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's trying to nail Scotty down for something that we don't know about. Mm, no, I don't know. I, I, explanation? <laughs> explanation <laughs> there? No. It's kind of tough because, yeah, we've been across. I've seen 
you know, a multitude of different races in person. I think back to when Rocky Mountain Speedway was still going on. We've been down to I-25 Speedway, been out to Calhan, I-76, shoot the flat track at IMI. We were all a part of that, that crew. And I don't want to say one is better than the other because I think they all do a pretty good job. We've seen their fair share of wrecks and they've all been pretty responsive and they get the cars wind down, get them stopped, get there as quickly as they can, assess the situation, make sure everybody's all right. If there's a, if there's an unfortunate situation going on, they handle it with the utmost professionalism. From what we've seen at CNS too, they do a phenomenal job. I got nothing bad to say absolutely whatsoever about the crew that performs at CNS. I think they all work their asses off. They put on a clean show and they make sure that all their drivers are safe. And I've seen that across the board from all of our local tracks. Yeah. Even including uh, IMI, you know, when we were racing there, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys go nose over end over end of the handlebars on the flat track series with the motorcycles. Oh yeah. And that crew, they, they sit right at the, entry of turn three and as soon as somebody's up in the air whoop they got the uh the paddy wagon lights on and they're over there <laughs> here comes the meat wagon here comes the wheat wagon and they're right there handling the situation uh thankfully there has never really been a really intense situation where somebody had to get transported to the hospital right away um and hopefully we never have to see that especially at the uh, at cns but uh yeah i i'd say even across nascar I think that you guys all do a great job from top to bottom, from the upper echelon of motorsports all the way down to the local series. I think that safety crew is extremely important, obviously, and the correct training and stuff and the the amount of time you guys put into doing that, it's amazing and it it saves people's lives, to be honest with you. I mean, because you guys guys literally – are the people that will you hold our lives in your hands when it comes to a situation like that when somebody's truly hurt so to know what you're doing and to uh put in that time to make sure that you know that they're safe and you try to get them to the local uh local hospital if need be and all that stuff so yeah so hats off to you guys i think you all do a phenomenal job so and again thank you uh we man for giving us a shout out we truly appreciate it um that you listen each and every weekend just like a lot of our other listeners so thank you and feel better soon because, you know, yeah. we got a race this weekend and <laughs> not seeing Wee Man on that flag stands going to be kind of weird. So get better, buddy. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. That was a good segment. Thank you to all three of the people that sent out some uh, Levin our way. So keep yeah. that going. Well, we're going to do that segment each and every week. So Brandon's going to uh, send out that link via Facebook every week. So definitely get involved and send us those comments, questions, anything that you want to say. Just go ahead and shout it out there. So uh, we're going to move on to the next segment here. Uh, we're going to get into our CNS weekend recap. And this one's going to be a good one. So I'll go ahead and start us off with our um, recap here for the Saturday, August 28th, University Auto Parts Family Night at the Races. Uh, we had the Legends Special Race, Bandoleros, and the Demo X. So I'll go ahead and start us off with the Bandoleros. And once again, these cars are just little kid guys and um, uh, under the age of, oh, what, like 13, 14? 14. 14. Yep. And um, they don't have any transponders because they actually don't even run past the start-finish line. So there's no way of really getting them to time. 
Um, so we just kind of have to go off what the track posts online. So it looks, sounds like actually the Bandoleros came out and put on a pretty darn good show. Uh, they had their normal about eight cars, I want to say 10 cars between the two, the Outlaws and the, what do they call it? The Bandits in the Bandoleros Bandolero series. So uh, the Outlaws are a little bit older and then the Bandits are the kind of the younger of the groups. Um, and they kind of put on a good little show, but once again, Dylan Kellogg, he's going for the championship this year and I don't know what the points are like, but it sounds like he's pretty much almost got a lock on it. He's won a couple races in a row now. Uh, so that's pretty good to hear about him. Um, and then as well, there is a racer. His name is second Sammy Haugen, Hogan, Haugen. So, Sammy, next time I see you, definitely tell me how to say your last name. He's from Centennial. He went out and raced at Slinger uh, Raceway a couple weeks ago um, in some sort of big Bandolero race out there and ended up actually getting into a serious crash. So his car was in need of repair. I guess it got fixed up pretty quick and got back out there and took the win in his first race back at CNS. So good job there. So your Outlaws, uh, top three for the Outlaws was the 98, Sammy, I'm going to say Haugen, and then 75 of McKenna Croker. Crocker from Brighton and the 78 of Gracie Crocker from uh, Brighton as well was your three drivers in that loss. And then your bandits, uh, the number 33, Dylan Kellogg uh, from Denver, the 23, Javon Bernard from Wheat Ridge, 21 of Madeline Lang from Wheatland, Wyoming. Nice to see them. Yeah. Come down. Uh, 68, Wyatt Dent from Brian. Brighton and to round out your top five, the 61 of Lily Tuttle from Denver. So good job to you little guys. Uh, keep out, keep it up, keep coming out and putting on a good show. So that's your recap for the Bandoleros. I'm going to pass it over to George for the demo X. All right. Well, yeah, it looks like the uh, final action of the night came from the demo cross lights and the heavies. So for the lights, it looked like uh, Joe Pronte started dead last in the 12 car field but he managed to come through the field for his fourth win of the season. So congratulations to him for on the lights class. And then in the heavies, Dave Johnson's suffers stall at the very start of the race, which put him in dead last after the first lap. And then, however, Johnson flew back through the field and then won by the final lap, and then he dominated the race for the win. So that was your update from the Colorado National Speedway news site um, on the Demo X, because just like the Bandoleros, they obviously don't have race sponders or anything like that. And luckily, they put out who won the race. So uh, there you go. So it looked like it was pretty good. Both both guys came from the rear of the field to, to win their win their races in their divisions so going for broke man going for broke there it yeah. is with these cars send it send it <laughs> send it so uh yeah so there's your uh there's your demo cross uh feature winners so brandon is going to give us the delightfulness of how the five thousand dollar legends race went yeah it's a big word you all right there Oh. <laughs> you said you were uh, parched earlier. Are you that sure one hurt? Not parched? <laughs> that one hurt. Uh, joking, <laughs> joking, of course. So, yeah, the Legends was kind of the main event, I guess, of the evening. Big race for these guys and gals. And I wanted to note 42 of them showed up from That's six, fantastic. Yes, from six different states. So, you had Wyoming, of course, Colorado, no brainer, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, and California. So, people coming from everywhere. And that's what every local track needs um, to do. So obviously CNS knows what they're doing. That's why they do these. We need this in every class to get more and more cars out there. So great turnout, 42 of any car or anything is a lot of class. So good job there. 
The, uh, we'll start with qualifying, and there's a lot of material to go over here, so I'll try to go through this as quickly as I can. I'll start with your quick time winner was the number nine of Jason Irwin. He's from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, he was almost, uh, let's see, two tenths faster, or two one hundredths, excuse me, uh, faster than the next person. And out of 42 cars, that doesn't sound like a lot, but every tenth, hundredth, thousandth yeah. of a it mattered. So Jason Irwin took your quick time. Tanner Scarberry. Uh, from Denver, took second in your qualifying, so shout out there. The number 15, Danny Medina, in third from Colorado Springs, 22 of Chris Eggleston from Thornton in uh, fourth. And uh, I just want to kind of give these last two, the number 50 of Tyler Wiggins, who is Casey's brother, who's a, a full-time driver in the Legends there, took a quick time of fifth in, there in the qualifying, so good job there. And then I really wanted to talk about this one, and I saw it was a late race post kind of on Facebook. It was Friday night. So Jace Hansen, who's a very uh, great driver in, his, in the super late model, travels to, what's that track down there in uh, Arizona? Five Flags. Five yeah, Flags. Five Flags. Uh, we talked about him on a, another episode previously, but excellent driver, super good wheelman. I'm not sure when it became a thing, but he got with Crocker Motorsports and was like, hey, I want to do this thing. So from the post, and correct me, Crocker Motorsports and Jace, if I'm wrong, they had an old legend car from their stable just sitting there, nothing on the car. I think it had the shell, not none of the fenders, none of the shocks, none of the motor, nothing. Just the uh, chassis. Yeah, just the yep. chassis with the, the main body of the legend car on it. And he posted that and said, I'm doing it and we're, I'm going to enter. So they got, I, I think they finally got done. And like I said, I don't know for certain I wasn't there, but the post that they posted from start to finish, I think they got done at like three or four in the morning. Uh, with the car, so <laughs> excellent job there. And I mean, yeah, just, no kidding. Yeah, just to do that, I, yeah, I can't even imagine if Chuck was like, "Hey, we got to put this game or this legend together <laughs> and go racing the next day." That would be wild. But uh, shout out to Jason Crocker Motorsports for doing that. So, uh, did want to note. Unfortunately, this is bad news. But after qualifying here, and we'll get into obviously the practices and then everything else. It looks like uh, Kyle Clegg had a. Very, very bad night, says here. I Like I said, I didn't see the video. I did see his picture on social media that he posted, but says his car went airborne. And uh, anytime that happens, usually not good. Looking at his pictures from uh, later that night, it totally just kind of demolished the front of that car. So very tough luck for Kyle. I hope what he said in his post is not true about him being done in the Legend Series, but um, I understand the frustration and everything there, and he's been doing it for 18 years. But shout out Kyle there. Keep your head up, buddy. That sucks. Don't like to see that or hear that from anyone. But anyways, we'll get into the dashes. So the, the dashes, they, what they pay 300? Yeah, 300 to win. So your so the top 16 legend qualifiers were automatically moved into the fast legend feature. Um, and then the rest were kind of sprinkled in the, the other ones. They had what? Uh, four total dashes. So I'll go with legends just dash A is how they're naming it. The number 69 of Hayden Moody from Arvada took that one. The number six of Scotty Scott from Arvada took second. 45 Cole Tuttle from Blackhawk uh, third. Daryl L. Stewart from Arvada took fourth. And, and Natalie Foster from Westminster to, uh, rounded up your top five. Moving into the Dash B uh, winner, you had uh, the number 87 of Tim Trostel from Thornton. So good job there, uh, Tim. And I'm not sure uh, why it has Kyle. Maybe I'm confused here in the dash because it says he crashed in the practice. I'm not sure what that's about, but maybe he got it back. Oh, you know what it is? He had another uh, somebody else that had a a secondary car they brought. Oh, that's right. And they let him race it 
so he, I think he ended up did qualifying and maybe did one heat race, but I think he didn't do, want to do the main because he the setup was different and, right. and he just did right. not want to risk wrecking somebody else's car. So yeah, thank you for that because I I remember now that he did say that in his post. Okay, so Tim Trostel won uh, the Legends Dash B. Kyle Clegg, I assume not in his own car, uh, took second. Tessa Marine, who's a rookie, number 99 from Littleton, shout out Littleton, took third. Uh, the 12H of Jordan Holloway from Henderson, Nevada, took fourth. The number 14 of Jacob Nuttall from Parker took fifth. And then we'll get into the fast dash. So again, these were all your top 16 drivers who qualified P1 through 16, automatically entered the fast dash. So I'll go sixth through first this time. The number 71H of Jace Hansen, who we just spoke about, brand new car, everything, took uh, sixth in this one from Brighton. The number 50 of Tyler Wiggins uh, from Colorado Springs took fifth. 16 of Travis Rowe from Thornton took fourth. 37 of Tanner Scarberry from Denver took third. Uh, the number 15 of Danny Medina from Colorado Springs took second. And your fast dash winner of the night was number 22 of Chris Eggleston. So then we get into the features. And the feature one winner, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, oh, it doesn't say, I, I can't remember the, uh, the obviously the, uh, did the feature, the first feature pay out? I think it paid five, I think it was 500 for 500. the first feature, yeah. Okay, sorry, there's just a lot of information here. Oh, yeah. Uh, so your first feature of the night, the number 45 of Cole Tuttle uh, took that one home. Dylan Foster came in second. Jason Groff, who's a rookie, I've never heard that name before, took third. Uh, number 39 of Zeke Hanger uh, from Brighton took fourth. The number 75 of Austin Hackenberg from Greeley rounded out your top five in the feature one. So good job to all those. Uh, from what uh, Ian Clark's video uh, showed, it was pretty clean race from all accounts. I didn't see anything crazy until we get into the main feature. So again, to remind listeners, $5,000 to win it. Uh, second place was $1,500 and third place $1,000. So definitely wanted to get up there in the top three to win it. Um, and it was a, wasn't a 50 lap. Yeah. 50, it was a 50 lap. lapper. Yeah. 50 lap feature. So um, I'll let Jordan kind of allude to this here in a minute. What kind of what more happened there at the, in the last lap, but everything I watched, everything I saw, it was very early on in the, in the feature when I don't even know how many cars got together and destroyed. I want to say it was like 10 of them right there in front of Ian on the, uh, the pit side grandstands. Yeah. Just right there on the back stretch. It was just chain reaction. Everybody's piled up. I don't know who was, uh, all in that one, obviously not your top six. I, I, I would imagine, but, uh, anyways, so we'll just start six through first here. So the number six of Scotty Scott finished six from Arvada. So good job, Scotty top five, uh, number 21 of Ryan Jones from Arvada fourth, Tim Trostel again. So a huge night for Tim. Um, really good job there. Number, uh, excuse me, third place was the number nine of Jason Irwin, your quick time winner. He took third to take home thousand bucks. And then, uh, like Jordan alluded to earlier, second place, uh, it was leading all up until, uh, turn three in the final lap. It was the 15 of Danny Medina from Colorado Springs took second was leading, uh, from what I saw, basically the whole, the whole main feature there until that last lap. And your main event winner was number 22 of Chris Eggleston. Surely not shocked. Guys up there every dang, every dang race. Um, so, yeah, good job, Chris. Took home the check. And I want to say, uh, I know they said it on the post-race interview, but that damn trophy, uh, I know Chris is a little guy, but that trophy, 
was like five foot tall. I'm not even kidding. So yeah, it was huge. Yeah. So they got the cool check, the big check, you know, and the, in the, in the trophies. So yeah, that was a mouthful. Hopefully I didn't screw anything up, but a lot of action there. And like I said, it was well needed. We need that for every class. And yes, I'm calling you out CNS because they need to do it for every class, not just super late slates and legends. We need to do it for the trucks and the games. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll let George talk about the finish there if he wants and we'll, uh, get ahead into the look ahead yeah i mean we kind of i, I kind of touched on it in that um green flag black flag segment about what kind of happened it, and it was more or less it was with the interview after the race that they had with chris and it, it sounded like yeah i mean he was, yeah he was going for the win and moved him up out of the way and i mean he won by what half a car length from the picture it shows too so and the cars are clean the car's still straight so i, I don't i don't really understand why it was such a what what the big deal was and like i said there was some hoopla on social media about dirty racing from him and this and that and i mean unless the guy's wrecked like we talked about i don't i don't consider it dirty racing if he used his bumper to move him out of the way and he was right there to take the win you're damn right i'd do the same thing and i've done it before and i'd probably do it again <laughs> um so uh yeah and and it seemed like danny he they interviewed him too right along behind chris right after it was over and he couldn't really understand what he's i couldn't really hear i, I don't know if he's just soft-spoken or if the mic went out or something but you couldn't really hear what he said but then all of a sudden the 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 crowd just started booing uh, so i yeah it was weird i i don't so i don't know if he was just complaining that chris did a dirty move or something i don't know but it was kind of hard to hear and maybe we'll touch base with one of the officials or somebody who was there just to kind of clarify exact exactly what happened but yeah that's just from what it sounds like could be could be wrong but that's just what it, what we kind of recollected here and from what fans were talking about on social media about the race so but yeah i mean good job for chris five thousand dollars richer yeah. And yeah. that's what he came there to do. And that's what he left with. So, uh, you know, hats off to him. It sounded like it was a pretty good race. Like, especially down there, as the laps were winding down, there was quite a bit of back and forth lead changes and stuff like that. So that's what you want out of a race like that. I don't want us. I don't like what happened with the super late model race where Vanderwall, I mean, God bless him for doing what he did, but it was just a follow the leader situation in a right. 150 yeah. lapper. Like that's a snooze fest for me. This this is action. I want I want a good race when you got that amount of money on the line, and that sounds like what happened. So hats off to those guys for putting on a good show and for having that amount of cars out there. Hell yeah, uh, let's let's go round two next year. I want to yeah. see I want to I want to see another one. Let's do yeah. it. Right. And I, uh, if anyone's curious out there listening, I actually finished forty third because I didn't even show up. So <laughs> <laughs> it's close. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna go practice on Friday. Yeah, We're getting there. Let's do it. We're we're doing it. It's it's gonna it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Leading into uh, the next race, we got coming up this upcoming weekend. So Saturday, September fourth, the General Air Labor Day Shootout. You got the late models, the gams, the super stocks, figure eights, and circle drags. And I believe it was a late announcement. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, did they not? I think they did. Did they announce that this weekend's race was the, no, the big money the, race? No, uh, it's the 18th. It's the 18th. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, this weekend's just regular old race weekend. They haven't announced yet if it's going to be a double feature night or not for us. They kind of alluded to it in one of the posts. What was it? Two weeks ago? When uh, they yeah, had that? A little over a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. A little over a week ago that it could potentially be a double feature night. So, we don't know that yet. We haven't 
heard 100% yet or not. So I'm sure nope. some of our listeners probably already know whether it's going to be that or not, but we haven't heard yet. So tires and uh, extra Gatorade. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's going to be, dude, you picked the wrong weekend to be leaving. I know. I know it. <laughs> but uh, no, we're, we're excited to get back out to the track. I got a, it's Memorial Day weekend, or sorry, excuse me, Labor Day weekend. I got four days off. So I got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So I'm looking Sheesh. forward to this. I know I'm lucky. I, I don't know what it is about my company, but they love giving us time off. So I'm, if they're going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. So yeah, we're going to spend Friday afternoon out at the track and then obviously all day Saturday. So looking forward to it. Definitely. Uh, super excited uh, about this weekend. I really hope they do announce earlier rather than later, uh, <laughs> just for the sole sake of uh, tires of getting tires. Cause I'm sure there's going to be, you know, it's open practice this Friday. So it's going to be, I'm sure a lot of people there practicing and stuff. So definitely want to get some tires. So hopefully they do announce that sooner rather than later. So CNS, Mark, Scott, you guys, let's get this going. <laughs> let's notify us right away. But cool. All right. Well, that was, uh, I think that was a darn good uh, podcast episode this week. That was fun. I enjoy, the, enjoy talking with you guys each and every week. So we'll just go ahead and go right into our uh, last segment here and our closing thoughts. So Brandon, I'm going to shoot it over to you. Yeah, I'm uh, first off uh, super bummed that can't be. I know you guys got a, a lot of work out there this weekend, especially if it's double feature. So my apologies in advance. Uh, it was uh, one of two weekends that I missed the whole the whole summer. So or I guess three because I didn't come out to the very first one. But I was there the first night, but you decided not to. I was say we, we you were there, we were not <laughs> exactly. in <a> technically. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I want to be there, but like I said, the, with the the season, the summer turning and fall, it's uh, one of those opportunities where things like that are slim to none now. Going to the cabin, so I'm looking looking forward to that and actually get to shoot my rifle before hunting season so nice nice yeah, yeah looking forward to that and uh looking forward to wednesday to come over with you guys and help set up the game for saturday and put the legend the body on the legend hopefully so yeah it's been a good week um looking forward to it and just looking forward more so to that 24th weekend now since i can't be out there with you guys this weekend <laughs> i know it's gonna be a fun one and They've already announced that one's a, a double feature. So looking forward to that. Got some friends from out of town coming. Look forward to it. So yeah, thank you, uh, you two, for, for doing this uh, each and every single week. I know it takes a lot of our time and, and dedication and hard work for sure. It's like, kind of like our, our third job, if you will. But uh, like the new segments, I hope uh, the listeners did as well. Try to get more interaction week in, week out from that and uh, only grow from here. So pass it to you, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Got to start off. Thank the sponsors. Great Frontier Insurance, uh, Raising the Bar Exteriors, TR Sandberg Inc., uh, Construction Inc., excuse me, uh, and my grandma, Sandy Kaiser. Without your guys' support each and every week, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. Put on some shows for us, for everybody and all the fans. You know, Brandon, I, I thank you for uh, getting this podcast uh, going for us. It's been so much fun each and every week, just sitting down, talking with you guys and uh, I just can't believe we actually have people listening to us because we endured, you know, we can babble on and, and say some <laughs> things and you're just like, nobody would listen to us. But it's exciting <laughs> that actually people are listening to us. So it makes you feel good. But just kind of closing thoughts here. Shout out to all the legend drivers that showed up. That is awesome to see 42 cars go out there and uh, try their hand at winning $5,000. Sucks, you know, some cars got damaged, but it sounds like everybody went home in one piece, which is always a good thing. We, we had our thoughts on that last last 
lap move you as the fans comment what you think on our uh facebook page on this episode in the comments give us what your take and what your thoughts are on it everybody has their own opinions so we want to hear yours so thank you for listening each and every week keep joining us joining in with us each and every week go definitely uh throw some comments questions stuff like that in our give me some leaven <laughs> uh section and you know we love talking about different topics and and what you fans have to think and say so definitely keep that up but definitely working forward to this weekend i'm definitely kind of looking forward to seeing your body on wednesday yeah your sexy body <laughs> yeah I've been, working, I've been working hard on it for 28 years you definitely yeah i want to see them abs yeah he must work out <laughs> he must he works out but I, yeah i'm excited to uh uh, help you get that thing on there and see what it looks like and uh, you know we might have to change the name of the garage to the uh, smith hall garage hey, i like it so but yeah super excited about this weekend uh, we got some people that we haven't had out to the racetrack coming this weekend uh and then definitely for the last race of the year uh we got even more people coming out so it's uh getting bigger smith family racing is getting a little bit bigger uh adding you in there is uh, a huge plus uh each and every week you helping us out crewing and george each and every week coming in and out and helping us and definitely spotting for me. That's, that's always a plus and very helpful. And I think and you the guys, graphics guy and a graphics guy yeah. and a uh, shirt guy, which ooh, reminds ooh, yeah. me with my last part of my closing thoughts. We do have shirts. We do have hats. They will be for sale this Saturday. So oh, if you yeah. want a shirt a Smith family racing shirt or a Smith family racing hat, Definitely come see us after the race. Haven't for sure put down on prices, but I'm um, kind of thinking $20 for a small, medium, large, extra large, uh, and then double XL, probably a little bit more. Haven't kind of pinpointed it down, but hats will probably be about 25 bucks. So uh, definitely if you want a hat or a shirt, come see us after the race. I'll sign it and uh, get yourself a little Smith family racing shirt. And they're sweet, by the way. Yeah, they are Good definitely job, Jordan. sweet. Ah, thank you. Ah, all right. Where do I begin? Uh, I'm I'm just even though it's Monday, it feels like it's been a long week because we oh. <laughs> it, it, we we kind of started our week last Wednesday because we were off, played three days worth of golf. Yeah, we unfortunately lost a family member on Wednesday, and then I played like dog crap the second day of the golf tournament. I I shot so bad, it was like I'd never played golf before. I I about I about withdrew too because I. I kind of tweaked my back a little bit and it was super sore. And then Getting I was, old, just, buddy. Oh dude. Yeah. Seriously. Like I'm going to be 36. And then I just feel like, I feel like I'm 90. I'm like what the <laughs> hell don't fail me. And, and of course I got paired up with like three college kids nice. and they are hitting the ball like 340 yards off the tee. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's cool. With a four, <laughs> with a four iron. Yeah. With a four iron. They're oh. out driving me, yeah, with a with a, a hybrid in their hand, and I got driver, and they're like, "You sure that's not much?" I'm like, "No, dude, I no." <laughs> so, anyways, uh, and then this morning, woke up this morning, and there's water everywhere, all over our kitchen, and oh. I was like, "What the hell?" It was coming out from the refrigerator. Open up the refrigerator doors, and it's like 50 degrees in the refrigerator part, and it's like 30 something degrees in the freezer part, and I'm like, "Oh God!" So we lost the refrigerator this morning, dude. Oh yeah. yeah, it was brutal. It's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. So I'm just I'm ready for Friday to come. They can say that. I'm ready for Friday to come so we can get out yeah. to the racetrack and start doing some normal stuff. So yeah. So thanks to you, Jake, again for coming and helping me pick up a new refrigerator for us today. And then uh yeah, big shout out to everybody 
all of our listeners, family members, friends, uh, sponsors, everybody that helps support us as a race team and everybody who helps support us as a podcast in whole. Uh, we can't thank you guys enough. This has truly been a remarkable ride, especially for myself. I love I'm a, I, excuse my French, I'm a bullshitter. If you guys haven't caught on to this so far of this podcast, I love talking. I'll sit and talk with anybody for hours on end. So the mere fact that I, we get to sit down and do this for a couple hours and take this out of your time and you guys listen to us, I truly appreciate it. Be sure to definitely get a part of that new segment that we got, the Give Me Some Lovin'. We want to hear from you guys. We want you guys to utilize that platform and that time to be able to put out your thoughts, your comments, your questions for us. Keep it coming. We love the engagement. And however, there's more different things that we want to talk about locally. You know, we can do that. Let's we'll set aside some time and talk talk some more local racing, more local topics, whatever you guys want. This is kind of going to become your guys's podcast as well as ours. So appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Like Jake said, uh, we got some fresh new gear. Come out, see us, get yourself a t-shirt and come have some fun. Come have a beer with us after the races. We're super friendly. We're easy to talk to. We love to talking with people. So be sure to come out and see us. Uh, Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, we got, (laughs) we'll buy beer. We'll go run over to the, we're usually parked right next to the beer wagon. So we'll go get one and we'll, we'll sit and bullshit. So, and yes, uh, ma'am, I will sign your baby. Yes. Yes. In Sharpie. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, yeah, well, that's it for me. Thank you guys once again, you too. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys on Wednesday. Absolutely. Well, they they said it best, and uh, thanks for listening to us. And have a great week, Scrubbing Tires podcast fans, listeners, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Door quarter, clear, clear. All you new leader checkers are out. Bring it home. Come on. Jacob, Jordan, and myself would like to say thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scrubbin' Tires podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook by searching at Scrubbin' Tires podcast. Again, that's at Scrubbin' Tires podcast.